Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. I am Daniel Parks. I serve as the regional shepherd for the West Coast for Love Life and also as the director of our Sidewalk Outreach Ministry. I'm joined, as always, by Vicki Cassiorg. Say hey, hey there, everybody. How are you? Good. I am the Sidewalk Training Director. Yes, you are. As well as a Sidewalk Outreach Person team member here in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Been doing that about 11 years almost. Yeah, yeah. And the Lord has given us the gift of being able to serve alongside Him in the Sidewalk Ministry that is near and dear to our hearts. Yes. And that's why we do these podcasts, because uh, we've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. And we feel like what we've learned, what the Lord has taught us through this ministry, we can help you guys to learn and and encourage you guys as well. And normally, these podcast episodes are really hyper-focused on sidewalk outreach ministry. But from time to time, we deviate from that and we talk about other things. Um, but almost always, they tie in. I don't want to say almost They're always. related. They're always yeah. related yeah. in some way to what we do. They always like tie this into topic is very outreach. related in, in what we do. Yeah. So what we're going to be talking about today is something we've mentioned several times in several podcasts over the past two years, probably. And that's House of Refuge. Right. We've talked about House of Refuge churches. We've talked about how it's helpful to have House of Refuge churches in your cities. You guys that are familiar with Love Life or familiar, hopefully, with what a House of Refuge church is. Um, if you're not, by the end of this episode, you'll be familiar and you'll understand why these House of Refuge churches are important and understand how if your church is not a House of Refuge church, how you can get them on board to become a House of Refuge church. So, yeah, let's jump into it. Well, I want to start with uh, there is a wonderful event going on right now where we are trying to raise a thousand new nationwide House of Refuge churches, and that's Life Ride, which is uh, a pastor riding across the country, 3,400 miles, Pastor Jay Stewart, and with two main goals, raise a million dollars to help equip the church and then in you know in ending the abortion and orphan crisis and and secondly to raise house of refuge churches nationwide really really important goal for yeah. all of us on the sidewalk we want to be able to help women choose life but we can't possibly be the ones that then help them from that point forward yeah and we totally depend on the church on yeah. the, and specifically on the House of Refuge churches to take over where we leave off. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we've said from the very beginning as an organization, and this is something that I have been saying since I've been involved in in ministry when I was with Cities for Life yeah. and now into Love Life, is that ministry should flow out of the local church. Mm-hmm. We're a parachurch ministry that actually believes that parachurch ministries shouldn't be a thing. Right, right. Right. Ministry should flow out of the local church. Now, we're blessed to be a parachurch ministry, a ministry to the churches, not just one church. 
And, you know, I say that kind of tongue in cheek, right? That parachurch ministries shouldn't exist. They're, they're a necessary component in uh, modern Christianity, I guess. At least in the initial stages. The hope is that we'll be out of a job yeah, at some the, point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, in, in more ways than one, right? right. We, we oh, hope yeah. that abortion will come to an end right. and that we won't have to be at these abortion centers and reaching out and doing prayer walks and all the other things. But yeah. also, before that happens, we would hope that the churches in a city take ownership of the issue of abortion in their city and they start covering the sidewalks. And heck, we'll, we'll train them and whatever, but if they take it over and they want to run with it, Praise God, right? Exactly. So th- that's the heart behind the ministry of Love Life. And that really is the heart behind House of Refuge is this is a way in which we can equip local churches to take ownership of the issue of abortion, not just in their city, but actually even in their congregation. Right. Um, the reality is that many, especially here in the South, but I would say across the board, many of the abortions that are taking place are taking place from people that are attending our churches. Yep. Like that's that's a reality. I think the statistic is about 40% of women that have an abortion said that they were e- in an evangelical church within a month of their abortion. Yeah, tragic. Yeah. Tragic statistic. And I would say from my experience on the sidewalk here in Charlotte, at least 90% of the women that I talk to tell me that they love Jesus and they believe in in the Lord. Yeah. They've submitted their lives to him. And yet um, they apparently are either ignoring or not getting teaching from the church regarding the issue of the sanctity of life and, and abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a reality. It's yeah. something that we face, something that we see city after city. Yeah. Um, we hear from pastors and from church leaders that don't talk about abortion um, because they feel like if they do, there's people in their congregation that have abortion in their past and they'll rip open wounds that are already healed or they'll be seen as being political or whatever. And so, um, and of course, all of that's just not the reality, right? Abortion is not a political issue. I mean, homelessness is a political issue, but people aren't afraid to talk about that. You know, in right. a sense, like yeah. everything is political in a sense. Yeah. But House of Refuge and the whole House of Refuge initiative is a way to say, you know, this is not about – this is not about being political or, or whatever. This is about you standing as a place where men and women can run to instead of running to the abortion center. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate vision with this thing is uh, if we have a thousand House of Refuge churches, there'll be more churches in the United States of America saying you can come to us rather than going to the abortion center than there are abortion centers. Yeah. There's about 700 or so freestanding abortion centers. That doesn't include hospitals that do abortions and things like that. But the freestanding abortion centers, if we have a thousand House of Refuge churches, we'll have them outnumbered. And again, men and women run to these churches rather than to the local abortion center. That's the heart behind this whole thing. Yeah. And it becomes, I think, increasingly important as um, with the aftermath of Roe v. Wade being overturned because now there's, you know, pills by mail and areas where we're not going to be able to reach them on the sidewalk. Yeah. But they're still attending church. Sure. Many of them. And and this is, you know, the vital role of the church in educating and and equipping these women and helping these women. Yeah. But but maybe you can talk about how um like what is it? Define the House of Refuge Church and and kind of what it's all about in very general terms. Yeah. Well, before I get into that though, mm-hmm. I want to mention too, and this is why it's important that we have House of Refuge churches across the nation, 
not just in cities where abortions are taking place and yeah. states yeah. where abortions are taking place. I mean, abortions are taking place in all of our states, j- right. just so you guys know, even right. though it might be illegal, they can still get the abortion pill. And there's all kinds of ways that people can have abortions and they're going, and this is why I want to mention this. They're going to places like Charlotte, mm-hmm. right? They're going to places like Albuquerque, New Mexico. They're going to places like um, Southern California, Northern California, from these states where abortions are limited. I mean, we see people here in Charlotte from Tennessee all the time. Yes, yeah, so someone from Texas today. Yeah, from Texas. Florida, yeah. So we need houses of refuge in these states like Texas and Tennessee and others, Idaho, um, where abortions maybe are not taking place at abortion centers, but they're coming to cities where they are and where our sidewalk teams are. And so when a mom chooses life who's from Texas or Tennessee – How amazing is it that we can get on the phone with that House of Refuge representative and say, we have a mom that just chose life. We want to plug her into your church. Um, That's that's what we want. Right. Yeah. We want the House of Refuge. And I'm I'm going to talk about it. So what what does the House of Refuge thing do? Right. What what's what's the effect of it? And I want to point you guys to our website, lovelife.org slash Refuge, you can just put in refuge and that'll take you right to the House of Refuge landing page. So here's here's the vision behind this thing. And it's in three P's here. And so this is again on the website. Um you can prevent, this is what being a house of refuge will do. It will prevent abortions from happening in your congregation. Mm-hmm. It's a way to, to do that. Yeah. Um, provide healing for those who are affected by previous abortions. And protect the unborn in your community. Those are the three P's of what it is to be a house of refuge. Prevent abortions from happening in your congregation. Provide healing for those affected by past abortions. And protect the unborn in your community. This essentially a house of refuge church is a church that has said, we will stand for life in our community. We will be a place, like I said earlier, where men and women can run to instead of running to the abortion center. We're a... You know, for lack of a better term, safe place. We're a right. safe haven, right? Right. Yeah. And so what happens is, and there's, you know, like two simple steps, two, okay. two easy steps. So we, yeah. we like to make things easy and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And so what is the ask? If you want to become a house of refuge church, simply the ask is, we ask these two things of you, that you read the house of refuge statement twice a year from the pulpit, whether it's the pastor reading it or... You know, one of the pastors on staff or, or some leader, maybe even the House of Refuge representative reads it. But we want it to be read from the stage. And we're not dictating to pastors what you do, but we're just saying this is a powerful statement to make in front of your congregation. And we have literally seen babies saved. As a matter of fact, we have a story, uh, Taylor's story, that Josh Kappas, who's our vice president with Love Life, they read the House of Refuge statement. Um, one Sunday and Taylor, a member of their congregation, was there and was pregnant. And because they read that statement, she ended up choosing life and ended up, um, you know, it's an amazing story. Ends up getting yeah, married it's to a great baby's story. father. And it, and, yeah. Yeah. So and we are totally going to go over that statement for you all, but yeah. because it is, it's a powerful statement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we ask that you read the statement twice a year. Mm-hmm. And that you designate someone to be the House of Refuge rep. That's somebody who basically oversees the House of Refuge ministry within your church. We don't want the pastor leading that. Pastors already have so much going on. 
but we want him to appoint someone that he trusts mm-hmm. to oversee this ministry. And it's kind of like a microcosm of love life, like love life in a city, for example, here in Charlotte, right? There's a lot to it, right? There's a lot that's going on with love life, a lot of components, a lot of things that love life touches that um, when we exist in a particular city. But right. the the House of Refuge um, initiative is kind of like a microcosm of that happening in a, an individual congregation. Yeah, that's true. And so a lot of the resources and the stuff that we have will be poured into trainings, materials, all that stuff will be poured into and accessible by the House of Refuge rep. So the mm-hmm. two things are, Pastor, would you read the statement twice a year? And would you designate a rep that we can pour into and that we can encourage? We have regular touches with those reps. And so I, what I want to do is actually I want to read this House of Refuge statement. Okay. I remember I was in Southern California. It's probably been a year and a half, maybe two years ago at this point. And um, I was there. This, and this is the first time I've ever seen a pastor read the House of Refuge statement live. Even my church, my church is a house of refuge, and they've done it. But I've always been out of town when they read the statement. So I've never been there when they read the statement. But I was in Southern California at this particular church that read the house of refuge statement. And it was so powerful. It was a powerful moment of just seeing a pastor kind of bring his whole congregation. This is the first Sunday they they had read the statement. And it was just an opportunity. And I just, I don't know, there was just a, I don't know, a sense of, the pleasure of the Lord and just this mm-hmm. congregation kind of being all in on this thing together yeah. Yeah. that was really impactful for me. Yeah. And so this pastor read this statement. And I'll say, too, this this very pastor that read the statement asked me beforehand, he had a few words in this statement that he said, you know, I'd like to tweak this a little bit. Is this is this hard and fast? Like we have to read it exactly like I said, pastor, make it your own as long as you're not changing the fundamental intent behind the thing, right? Mm-hmm. You're not changing it to say we support abortion or whatever, right? right? Then make it your own, right? This is about you and your congregation doing this thing together. Um, but I'm going to read you the statement, and I think it's good, so I don't think it me- needs much tweaking, but people have you know tweaked the language, and, and that's fine. And so, the, again, this is on that House of Refuge landing page. Which, so, by the way, we cite at the end of an article that accompanies yeah, yeah. this uh, podcast. Yeah, so um, I'll just I'll read it as if it's my church. Mm-hmm. Joy Church is a house of refuge. This applies to everyone in this church or people you know that need a place of refuge. Here's what we believe. If you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, please know that being pregnant is not a sin and the child you carry is not a punishment. It is a blessing. God is knitting this child in your womb. You may have made a sinful decision that led to this pregnancy Or you may have been sinned against, but we want you to know that you are loved. We will do whatever it takes to help you carry and care for this precious child before and after birth. We can never support or encourage a woman to have an abortion because the child you carry is made in the image of God and is intrinsically valuable and loved by God. You need to know how we will respond. Here's what we won't do. This church family will not gossip about you, shame you, or abandon you. This is a house of refuge. We will not allow for the family of God to harm one another with words or actions contrary to the love of God as revealed in His Word. Here's what we will do. We will do everything in our power to remove whatever obstacles stand in the way of you having this child. There are people in this church ready to mentor you. 
throw you a baby shower and connect you with resources inside and outside of the church. We will also hold men accountable for living out their calling to provide and protect women and children. Finally, if you have ever had an abortion in your past, I want you to know that abortion is not an unforgivable sin. Whoever confesses and forsakes their sin finds mercy. If you have never gone through an abortion recovery Bible study, we will be happy to, happy to connect you with one so that you can walk in complete healing and freedom. That's so awesome. And I, I just remember as a, a very new Christian, there was a, a teenage couple that uh, got pregnant out of wedlock. Yeah. And, um, and I remember the church's response. I remember even at the time thinking, this can't be what God intended. They had the couple come up. I don't know if it was their decision or against their will if the parents did, but it was very shaming. It yeah. definitely was very shaming. That's the, the feeling I got. And I remember thinking, if that were me, no way would I be going to that church. And this yeah. is specifically saying we will not do that to yeah. you. Yeah. 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 And so um, this is not a just kind of overlooking sin. Right. This That's not the intention behind it. Um, but it's also not let's bring them up in front of everybody and shame them. Right. Exactly. You know, this is clearing the air. Yeah. Here's what we will do. Here's what we won't do. Yeah. We're not going to allow people to gossip about you. Again, men uh, and women, when they find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy situation, don't feel like they can go to their pastor. They don't feel like they can go to anyone, many, that they can go to anyone in the congregation because of that very thing. Right. And so what do they do? They try to hide their sin by going to an abortion clinic and, and killing that child. Yeah. If we can clear the air and we can say, actually, you can come to us mm-hmm. and we will walk with you and we're not going to just we're not going to kick you out of the church. We're not going to shame yeah. you. We're not going to judge you or whatever. Um, like, again, it clears the air. Yeah. It, it, it begins the conversation. Right. A lot of times the conversations never begin because the woman decides to, to run to the abortion center and take care of the problem. I mean, how many times have you heard when you're at the abortion center? with men and women saying, I could never tell my pastor. I right. could never tell my parents. Yeah. I could never tell. I mean, how, how would it be if parents even read this statement to their kids Yeah. or their kids are hearing this statement read at their church? It clears yeah. the air. It, it lets them know that actually, yes, yeah, sin is wrong. Sin yeah. has consequences. But just like with any sin, if you'll turn to the Lord, we're going to walk with you through it. We're going to walk into a place of healing and restoration. Right. Yeah. As you were reading, I was thinking, I can't imagine any pastor who would object to this. Yeah. To, to speaking these words in front of their congregation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, we want to encourage all of you guys, get your pastor on board as a house of refuge. Get your pastor at least to go on this website and uh, check out this landing page. And read over that statement. I mean, I, to me, I'm getting like, I get goosebumps even just reading the statement. Yeah. And again, clearing the air and, and just, here's what we will do. Here's what we won't do. Here's who we are. Here's what we stand for. It's just yeah. such a powerful exactly. way it is. to shine light on this subject. It is. So that's kind of one of the major steps is is reading the statement. Yeah. Um, more specifically, probably to um, how it relates to helping the women are the main areas that right now Love Life is helping to train and equip the churches um, in these main areas. Because we do hear a lot. I don't know how to begin from the pastor, yeah. from the congregation. I don't know how to begin a sidewalk outreach team or mentors or, 
you know, how to introduce the idea of foster care and adoption yeah. or, or abortion, abortion recovery. So um, I thought maybe we could talk about what those just briefly, what those four or five main, main areas. Yes, of four main areas, four kind of main pillars of, yeah. of ministry. And the first one is sidewalk outreach. Um, you know, if this it can be a little different if they become a house of refuge in an existing Love Life city, because more than likely there's going to be sidewalk outreach teams that are already being built. Right. But if you're a house of refuge church and you're not in an area where Love Life is officially, you know, functioning, you can still do sidewalk outreach under Love Life if you're a house of refuge. You can still get access to all of our trainings, all three training modules. And even be able to attend the the monthly Q and E meeting that we do for all the sidewalk people. Again, the House of Refuge kind of becomes a microcosm of of love life in a city, but it just exists in a local church. And this is happening in several different is happening essentially in Orange County mm-hmm. with a church there, Calvary Chapel East Anaheim, that is doing they're doing monthly prayer walks at their local Planned Parenthood, and then their sidewalk outreach teams. Many of those team members are part of that church. There's some others that are part of other churches. But a lot of that's happening under that church as a house of refuge church. Yeah. Now, obviously, there would not be a sidewalk outreach component in a in a state where there's no abortions. Yeah, of course. Um, or where there's no at least legal abortions happening at abortion centers where you could be on the sidewalk. Yeah. You can still be a, a house of refuge if, if in your state there are no abortions. And, in fact, we need— House of Refuge yeah. in those states because oftentimes those people are coming to our states. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then we returning that to earlier. their home state. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's so, so. Just to say plainly, all of the different training components and training modules that we have, the House of Refuge representative would have access to. Right. So the next thing is mentoring, mm-hmm. and this is kind of to me the main thing. Like sidewalk outreach can happen under a House of Refuge church. And there are cities where it does, and, and it's amazing. But really, to me, mentoring is the main thing that these House of Refuge representatives can pour themselves into is building a pool of mentors so that, in a, again, especially in states where there's not abortions taking place or there's not abortion clinics or whatever, like in Texas and Tennessee and, and whatnot, yeah. Yeah. Um, if we have a House of Refuge church that within their church they have five to ten people that are ready to mentor a mom – that's a House of Refuge church we're going to get on the phone with right away if we have a save here in Charlotte from th- those areas. And we're going to say, hey, to the rep, would you would you find somebody in your congregation to mentor these moms? And they already have a list of four or five or ten or whatever. Yeah. Um, they kind of take over from there. And that's the best, right? It's, that they're plugged into a local church. They're getting discipleship yeah. from a local um, congregant in a local church. And they're going to be surrounded by the love and the help of that local church. It's so critical. I know I call out all the time to people coming from all over the southeast to the abortion center here in Charlotte. No matter where you're from, I know we have resources to help you because I know that we either have House of Refuge churches or networks of pastors and people that we know that we can send them to. But by far the best is when we know there is a trained House of Refuge church ready and willing in their area to help them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, again, trainings for mentors. Mm -hmm. If you're a House of Refuge rep and you raise up people under you that want to be mentors, you're going to have access to the training that we offer to mentors. And so that's good. Uh, Same with foster care and adoption. We have training components with all of these things, and you'll have access to those. If you have people in your congregation 
that um, you know, really have a heart for foster care and adoption. That's not just fostering children or in, and adopting children, but that's also supporting families that are fostering and adopting. Right. So, again, there's training components with that, and you'll have access to all of that stuff as the rep. And then abortion recovery programs. So we have our ministry. We did um, a podcast episode with Stephanie Reinhardt a couple of mm-hmm. months ago, mm-hmm. and she runs the abortion, uh, abortion recovery ministry called Restored Life. And if your church is a house of refuge, you'll have a connection with Stephanie and the abortion recovery ministry so that if there are people, listen, when you read this statement, at the end of that statement, the pastor reads this statement and it talks about if you have abortion in your past, mm-hmm. we want to get you connected. There's going to be people that are going to come you know, either up front or afterwards and share past abortion stories. And yep. some of those people are going to have not gone through an abortion recovery Bible study or something like that. Haven't received healing for that. So that's something you'll find as the rep. People will be coming to you asking you how to get connected with these different abortion recovery Bible studies and whatnot. And you'll have access to be able to connect them with Stephanie and with abortion recovery Bible studies. So it, it seems that churches tend to focus on one of these four pillars um, you can focus on all four of them, but some churches just for some reason they more gravitate toward the abortion recovery thing or more of the sidewalk thing or more of the mentoring thing or more of the foster care and adoption thing. And so again, we want to do everything we can to facilitate and to encourage um whatever area you guys focus on as a church. Um, but these are just sort of the again the main pillars. Right. And so, you know, we talked about in general, the goal is that women would no longer feel the need to run to an abortion center. They will instead um, be running to the church. And this house of refuge model, I think, is powerful yeah. and and really what God intended all along. So um, there's a great psalm that there's yeah. so many psalms that, that mention refuge. Yeah. I was reading about the cities of refuge just recently, but, right. yeah. but refuge is such a powerful and important part of, um, of the, you know, the Christian walk and, and desire for what we provide for others because, well, we don't provide, but God, yeah. God, God is, God is our refuge. And probably my favorite one is Psalm 46 verse, verse one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Yeah. And that's exactly what we want the church to be, that that the church will reflect that truth about God. Yeah. 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 Amen. Well, guys, we hope that this was a blessing and an encouragement to you guys. Hope it was informative to you guys. You can certainly reach out to us. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach out to her, Vicky, with a Y, at lovelife.org. And uh, we'd love to hear from you about episodes, uh, suggestions for episodes in the future, uh, maybe your feedback on this episode, and any questions that you might have, we'd love to try to help answer any questions. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you